See the galaxy. Get running, Ben. Do you have anything to say about low sex? Nor as everyone else likes to call it, the penis rocket. Why not? We can all give you a warm hand in your entrance. Yeah, that, that butt clenching really was awesome. Would be absolutely terrified of anything. Um, uh, uh. Sunday, I had a good time making a ten-year-old boy cry. Have you finished playing with your bunny? Remember, this is the show for good ideas come to die. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 376 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist on Lave Station, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have uh, our Head of Health and Safety, that's Commander Aid Weiss. We do have technical difficulties. Ignore what they're saying behind the curtains. Are we? Well, what's gone wrong now? Nothing. It's just the live stream saying we're having technical di- technical difficulties, even though it was actually just Norman being doing things deliberately. All right. Okay then. We also have our staff liaison officer, Commander Psychet. Hello. Hello. Uh, we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. And also completing the. Um, uh, completing the lineup, we have a guest. Do you want to introduce the guest, Commander Shan? Um, the guest is the no longer mythical and well discussed eldest Mini Shan. Which I think he finds quite ironic to be referred to as Mini. Well, <laughs> let's just say in the pre show, he was talking about him enjoying stroking his father's helmet. What? <laughs> Ben, now, now. <laughs> I'm, I'm so disappointed I missed that. Oh, wow. Off to oh, a, where's, uh, that, where's that effect, anyway? Um, right. Can, can, can Commander, Commander Lenin has just uh, had a full tower, Shan, rather than midi Shan. So, yes, full tower. System. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, I must admit, that went... F- that went so faster than Captain Scott, didn't it? So, um, right. <laughs> if you wish, you can join us live. We are hanging out in game. Ben, is, you're driving around somewhere, are you? I'm just lurking around Life Station at the moment, or else yeah. I will be once, once I hit the go in button. I'm, <laughs> I'm too so, busy talking just now. 
Fair enough. Okay, so there'll be Ben hanging around uh, Leaf Station. If my internet can handle it, I might pop in as well. But, you know, as per usual. Um, if you can't get to us in-game, you can join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through leaveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat or go straight to twitch.tv slash radio or YouTube, look up Live Radio and Facebook. Look up Live Radio as well. So we're going to go around everybody and see how they've been for the last couple of weeks or so. And we'll start with um, Psykit. Are you feeling better, dear? I am. I am. I'm feeling a lot better. Thank you. The The whole house came down with something grotty. Um, mm. So it was the, the executive decision was made just to, you know, not, not bother. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you've been murdering an elite lately? Always, always. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, no, it's been... Um, I haven't done a lot of elite, to be fair. I did some elite today, and that's the first time that I've touched it for touched it for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Just, like, not being, not being that inclined to sit at my computer for, um, for having, a, having a week away from it. But, um, yeah just been doing bits and pieces you know how it is i'm accidentally bought a sofa on sunday um how you know, did you accidentally buy a sofa well i can tell you um we went to uh we wanted to get like a, a new tv unit for downstairs because uh, for um for our living room because the living room is needed a new tv unit and stuff and we were like okay we'll go to ikea because i'm quite uh, there's one in ikea that i really like that will go with my, with my furniture so we'll we'll go to ikea and get it but the queue to line up for um ikea was massive and with my back i can't stand in a queue for that long so um, I w- I, we, we made the executive decision to not buy anything and go home and order online. And then when we went to order online, the delivery was like half of the cost of the unit. So we went back. But as we went back, we found a um, in the X display items, we happened upon a sofa and we've been meaning to get rid of one of our two-seater sofas for a little while and it just so happened that it was like discounted by a good chunk of money and we 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 accidentally bought it and paid for delivery which was kind of beyond the point but that's how you accidentally buy a sofa you just think oh that's cheap i'll have it yeah yeah oh that would that'll work and then a mad dash to try and get rid of our old sofa by the fact that it's being delivered tomorrow so um yeah fun ah yes i know that oh we need to get rid of this thing yes when when you when you're like when you were a kid and the supermarket tactic of putting chocolate bars right near to the The um the tills so that the kids will pick up the chocolate bar and can i can i have one and parents will spend more money with me it is soft furnishings apparently Right. Okay. So, no one put cushions by the by the tills because uh, that that'll uh, get psychic spending her money. Um, okay, we'll move on to Ben. What have you been up to this week? Mostly, I think the most exciting thing of my week was either giving blood. Um, right. That that was always fun, uh, and I've only got a small bruise left after that. Or Going out for curry and a beer with you. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, I did. I did visit you and uh, to pick up some computery bits to, for my own 
DIY does, project. Does my thermal more? exhaust port fit in your containment it, unit? It so, doesn't. <laughs> so I have so a ben, new thermal exhaust port. So Ben, how was your first date with Colin? I think it went very well, don't you? Well, the Are you going to have nice. a second date? Oh, we we did find out that Colin does like a nice lassie. Yeah, that that was that was um, unique. I never knew that I I liked lassie, and there was me thinking it was some kind of uh, some kind of, uh, some kind border, of collie. Uh, border collie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah. So I was down on uh, at Birmingham uh, to to visit Ben. And and also uh, pick up some computery bits. So <laughs> two two hours down the M6 and two and a half on the way back because the M6 closes completely on a Saturday night apparently. So yeah, any gaming? Um, just a spot of the usual, really. Spot of Elite, spot of Citizen, spot of RimWorld, spot of um, Minecraft. Um, my usual. No, no, in, oh, 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 no influence, and some, and some Red Dead Redemptions as well. So nothing I did has has influenced any of your gaming purchases, really. Recently, oh, I, I'm, I've purchased something, but I haven't played it yet because I'm going <laughs> to start playing that after I finished um, Red Dead Redemption. But yes, I, I, I did see that um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition was fifty percent off. Yeah, so that one's not me. For, <laughs> yeah, I picked that up for twenty something quid rather than nearly sixty quid. Mm, yes, well, okay. Um, Commander Shan. Um, before as, I go into my mean. week, yeah, I just got some questions um, regarding on what you lot have been up to this week. Uh -huh. Here we go. Um, so, Psychic, walking, wanting to minimise postage by buying other stuff. Is that a valid tactic? Because there's a whole load of stuff I want, but I can minimise posters on and use the same reason. Sure, whatever floats your boat. And um, the the Birmingham date thing. Um, yes. Did you go Dutch or did Ben treat you? <laughs> um, but we went Dutch. Okay. I, I, I don't understand. Sort of too... Oh, never mind. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, Colin paid his own way, thank you very much. I'm not that cheap a bastard. <laughs> Actually, no, I am that cheap. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, my week in-game. Um, we'll find out more about that uh, later on, I think. Um, outside of the game, um, I went to the office, or the main office, for the first time in three years today. Mm. And it was like I'd a... I'll survive the Thanos snap. <laughs> yes, I know the feeling. Because all the hot desks were empty. There's only about 25 people in a site that pre-working, you know, not working from home, had about 350, 500 people in it. So wow. it was just empty. You know, usually you used to have struggle getting meeting rooms and you'd be whatever. And it was just, as I say, like a Thanos snap, it was. It was just completely gone. Um, but it was, it was good to catch up with a couple of people I hadn't seen for ages. And I actually did some proper work uh, with them face-to-face. -face. So it was a useful trip, but it was just strange. Uh, let me see. A Hobbs report. Um, yeah, Hobbs is trying to game the system with his one fast cat wheel. 
what he does, because he, he knows if he runs on the wheel, he'll get through. So what he does is he or he would take about four steps on the wheel and then sit down and go, right, with some food. And he would just keep four steps. That want food now. I've learned it. Can't continue food. So we're having to try and find ways in which to extend the amount of time he runs on the wheel without reducing his incentive for running on the wheel. So he's trying to gain the system. But again, that's that's the standard with that make of cat. Okay. Um, right. Well, um, we'll obviously invite our uh, our guest onto onto the show for the moment. I think you just want to be referred to as lawyer, not Mini Shan or Maxi Shan or anything like that. So, is this where I discuss my week? Oh, yeah, you can do if you like. Uh, well, I went to a place on the weekend with my girlfriend called Saffron Walden. Has anyone heard of it before? I'm afraid not. Oh, I have. I anyway. Well, we went there. It's incredibly Neapolitan. There's this, uh, I guess, medium-sized, maybe large village with a Norman castle in it. Um, the only interesting feature we found there. And uh, had all these interesting cafes run by all these interesting people with these interesting foods. And we had Subway for lunch. So that doesn't stomach <laughs> consumerism. I don't know what. So basically all these interesting cafes and you go for a Subway. Correct. Ah. And we sat in Subway and heard all the people come in who also chose to go to Subway instead of the interesting cafes <laughs> and tried to guess their orders. Well, is it judging uh, them by their orders? Is, oh, yeah. that, person, that person looks exactly. like a tuna melt guy. Or exactly. Exactly. So, so give, us, give us an example. So I'm curious now. Give us an example of what, say, a tuna melt guy would be and who would, who would like a foot long as opposed to a half foot long, that sort of thing. So give us some stereotypes that we're using. Uh, well, without being too rude, there was one lady who came into the shop and the door was regulation size, but not her size. That's all I'll say. And, uh, she sort of waddles up to the counter and I just immediately look at my girlfriend and go, that's a meat more Mariana. And, uh, what she orders was, uh, mind blowing. She did order meatballs, but not any regular meatballs. She ordered vegetarian meatballs. So... Wow. That's the sort of example that I hope you're looking for. But yeah, other than that, uh, I, you guys covered gaming, but uh, I'm, I'm a very one-note gamer, so I can only focus on one thing at a time, um, which has been God of War on the PC release. I never played it on PlayStation, so um, that's been a pretty fun. And obviously I started Elite this week as well, which is the reason I'm here, but I'll discuss that later. So yeah, I right. think that's enough of me talking now. <laughs> okay. Well, it's nice to have you on board. Uh, I hope that uh, your father doesn't embarrass you too much. Um, right. Well, Not let's have a look. That's the whole idea. <laughs> He'll find that task very impossible. Challenge accepted. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> that, that's someone's laid down the law there. Right. Okay. Uh, let's have a look at what I've been. I went a bit elite crazy this week. Instead of fish finishing Mass Effect 3. Um, I did. Uh, I fought against Sorius and Riot, uh, of which I did a, a new top shift. The Colin for Colonia has now taken a bit of a detour as I go off the beaten track to try and get as many unmapped systems as I can. Uh, my power play commander has now decided that his, the Python should be the next ship he flies. So that's going to be um, uh, uh, basically uh, 
grinding out uh, some extra credits. And of course, on Saturday, I visited Ben in his Gunter hideout um, down in Birmingham for a curry and computer bits. So, yeah, interesting week. Anyway, moving on from there, let's have a look at the development news and what have the the devs said this week. Well, uh, obviously, update 10 dropped last week, and as per usual, whenever we have one of these updates, um, some things went a bit wrong. Uh, And of course, today, um, Sally announced that the hotfix for 10.1 has dropped, and uh, this means that the following things have been fixed. So um, a fix has been implemented for the HUD failing to update when the SRV would collect cargo. And there's, you would previously have to re-log in order to make further collect, uh, collection. So that's been fixed. Um, a fix has been implemented for the deceased NPC bodies blocking reactor consoles. Uh, another stability fix. Uh, and this one will be of interest to commanders who are currently struggling through the process through the main menu before encountering a crash. Um, so, a nice little patch. I think I'm still in the process of upgrading mine at the moment. Um, however, over the weekend and today, there have been server problems. Uh, did anybody else have these? Because I know I did. Yeah, there's been a fair amount of uh, yellow adders, um, which... I'm pretty sure, Colin, is to do with your undying allegiance to the Adder. There's lots of spectrum everywhere. You wash your mouth out with soap and water. So, yeah, yellow Adders I've been getting quite a lot of. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I've been getting similar issues where it takes a long time to to transition between ship and uh, on foot or ship and SRV. And Braidman's tunnel seems to be going on for ages, so to speak. So um, I'm, I've yet to see how if that one's been fixed yet. They say it has been, but uh, yeah, we've got to we've got to test it. Um, let's see. According to the Steam charts, uh, player numbers in January were twenty percent higher than in December. Um, however, it does appear these numbers have now kind of plateaued or leveled off, but they are the highest since July last year. So um, yeah, it's it's a Probably about double what we had in October, but the numbers do have seen uh, do seem to have steadied. So that's uh, at least they're not going down, which is which is a good sign. Um, now this is quite interesting. Um, we had we have now not had any streams from uh, Frontier about Elite uh, this year so far. So that's the whole of January. Uh, nothing today. There have been plenty of posts from uh, Sally, Paul, Zach, and Bruce, but nothing from Arf. So it's like Arf's disappeared. Have there been posts about Warhammer? I know that's a, um, a bit of a roundabout thing to say, but um, that team also work on Warhammer. Been, maybe he's been helming that instead. Yeah, we we know he's been watching the forums, but we not that anybody is stalking him at all, Ben. But um, yeah, uh, and of course, the one thing that I think I we're a little bit taken aback with there's been no development update. I after mean, mentioned they'd be returning to doing these uh, end of month developer updates uh, at January, but that doesn't seem to have happened. 
So, uh, yeah. I don't think, I think we're the only one who hasn't, hasn't noticed yet. So there's not really much to discuss apart from the, uh, for the update. Although, to tell you the truth, um, just quickly go around uh, the crew and see. I mean, have you noticed any uh, update in your uh, frames, smoother performance, etc.? Like ben? the exact opposite. You've had exactly the opposite, Psychic. Yeah, I don't. But the thing is, mm. I don't know. I don't know whether that might have been other things being mitigating factors. Um, it's working lovely on my laptop right now. It's playing beautifully, but um, earlier today it was chugging. I was get I was in single digits for frames, and that was not good. Oh, what were you doing? Literally, what I'm doing now. Oh right, um, so like conflict zones and stuff. Is hmm. this on foot or is this in space? On foot. Yeah, I, I haven't done a conflict zone um, in. Base since Odyssey. That's a lie. I might have done one and then gone back to doing it on foot. Ah, oh, interesting. I mean, I must admit, I actually haven't done any running around settlements, but all the rest of the the stuff that I've done has been silky smooth. I've been quite impressed by it, to be honest. Um, so I suppose I should um, I should uh, run around a settlement or two because um, uh, when I know the one thing that I normally do test is when I land on a planetary base, because as soon as I land at a planetary port and walk around the concourse at one of those places, that's when that's the real test for my graphics card, and it seems to be quite good at the moment, so fingers crossed. Um, Ben, Shan, have you had any um, experience of slowdown? Um, I haven't had any slowdown at all. Regardless of what other people have been experiencing, so so far I've been I've been fine. Um, it was mainly the connectivity issues I had, I think, this week. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what Jin said, but Touchwood, I've been <clears throat> I'm sort of hardware capped now at sort of six. I'm a monitor speed of sixty. Right. Um, so, so that seems to be yeah. Yeah. So so you seem to be okay. Yeah, but Touchwood, as I said. Yeah. I mean, I've mine's improved. Uh, actually, um, I, I'd say it's it's not the number of frames hasn't gone up, but I will say that, that um, it doesn't drop frames, which I think is a, a better better than having sixty frames a second, which suddenly drops down to about twenty and then back up again. I'd rather I would rather be constantly at say forty than mm. running at some crazy thing and then down to twenty and then crazy high then down to twenty. That would just do my head in. Yeah. Um, but that's that's uh, not what I'm dealing with. It's now just static. So um, I'm quite impressed with uh, update ten. I think it needed to. I think those fixes were definitely needed before something new comes in. Anyway, um, shall we go and we'll talk about the in-game events or what has been happening this week? Well, on the 26th of January, um, Adris, uh, Arissa has addressed the Empire. Um, the Emperor, of course, uh, had gone into hiding uh, thanks to the NMLA. Um, however, it does seem to be that it was another um, communication via the Senate. So no one technically has seen her in person for almost a year. And of course, that's got the conspiracy nuts going. Um, 
Shan, you're the conspiracy nut here. Do you think we've got a dead end per on our hands? I don't think so. However, game-wise, it has been a while since they had the um, get an Imperial ship or having no faction and a cheap price event. Uh, I think it was when the last Emperor died in 2015, was it? So it's been a few years since we've had that kind of fire sale. <laughs> so we're probably due for one, actually. Right. So I'm looking. I'm looking at it from a game mechanic rather than a a story mechanic because they can invent stories to fit whatever game thing they want to have. Psychic, do you think that the emperor's dead and we're just seeing a puppet? No, but but maybe because of the same reasons. Because <laughs> we'd 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 do we'd do something free or a treat or something that might be nice. Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough then. <laughs> I like that. You know what I, the Emperor is mm-hmm. waiting on console release. When we get console <laughs> release, the Emperor will come back. That's why I think it's going to happen. I see. It's all part of the, the Xbox and, and PlayStation Mafia then. They're going to release it when it, when it uh, when the game's release, Odyssey's released on console. Um, on the 27th of January, conflict erupted in the Riot system. Um, now, this I found quite interesting, uh, that uh, the Sirius Corporation uh, moved their megaship into the Riot system, and the people at Riot didn't like that, and a war started. And it was a phenomenally one-stated war. Um Normally at this point in the week, we're talking about community goals, which have, have got a little bit of way left to run. This community goal was basically won and done by Sunday night <laughs> in the favour of Riot. I've never seen it. I've never seen something go that quickly over to one side. Um, I joined in. Did anybody else join in on this one? I didn't get chance. <laughs> going to join this is what my plan was for last night but that didn't happen mm. uh, what they i think what they did didn't now again this is last week so everything's a bit hazy from last week but didn't they say um that it was only going to be like ship combat that you could claim the bounty vouchers for but it turned out that it was everything oh is that I right that. I, I, I swear i, I swear that i'm just repeating nonsense I do. I do know. Well, I only I only took out ships, so I didn't go down onto the ground. I wish I'd I wish I'd known that. Otherwise, I would have I would have joined in with a couple of ground actions. But um, yeah, so all done. Um, for those of the for those of you who are interested, um, the it was. I think Sirius had managed to get to tier two when. Uh, the Riot Mining Company managed to to clear the board, so I think it's a complete victory to Riot there, which is waiting on the updates. Um, and ironically, um, people reckon that the uh, that the Sirius Corporation had the better reward, but people um, people decided that they would prefer to help Riot win. Which I thought was 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 against normal play, isn't it? Normally they go for the best reward. 
Anyway, um, well, moving on from there, obviously new starships, uh, new starports have been created all along the Colonia Bridge. Uh, in addition to that, uh, people also got their FSD for um, doing their work. Um, it took quite a while for the um, FSDs to appear. Uh, apparently, these FSDs, you can't engineer them just yet, but you will be able to engineer them eventually, which is going to be interesting. Uh, now, this is this is actually quite interesting as well. Um, the remnants of the Aegis organization have warned that the Azimuth Corporation has survived. Now, this is the, just to refresh people's memory, the Azimuth Corporation was the one that tried to uh, merge humans and, and Thargoids together, and then they seemed to disappear. Well, um, apparently, Azimuth, uh, the remain, uh, the, the people in charge of Aegis do not want their organization uh, wound up because they see Azimuth as a threat despite it, the fact that I think the superpowers have written ages off and have, have started moving on. Uh, and finally today, um, ACT, the uh, task force which is investigating the ML NMLA, has defied the Imperial decree to stop looking into Imperial intelligence as they say that the Imperial intelligence is communication network is far too similar to the uh, communication network used by the terrorists. So they, they think that um, some support within Imperial intelligence has been supporting the terrorists and are trying to, f to track them down. Now, in other player group knows we've got Operation Ida. Uh, they are working on L uh, Lyman Legacy at, on HIP 16753 and the Anti Xeno Initiative. Um, the Pleiades sector is now clear of any uh, Thargoid bug in incursion, and the AXI are now focusing mainly on the Witchhead Nebula with the Coal Sack as well. Uh, so there's Evangelis and Lembas in the Witchhead and Coal Sack sector VU-0B6-6 catchy title uh, for all those that um, want to get involved with a bit of uh, Thargoid action Commander Shan Do you think that Frontier internally curse the anti-Xeno initiative? Darn it, they've cleared the Pleiades now, we've got to think of something else to do in that, you know, they kind of like they think they're too efficient and they want to uh, kind of string it out a bit, but they can't. You see what I mean? You can't, are they a bit too e efficient, you think? Well, I, I mean, personally, I don't think so. Um, it's taken quite a while for uh, as for the anti-Xenia initiative to wear down the amount of systems. There's still about, there's still six systems that which are under Thargoid threat at the moment. Normally, they'd be out of the way within a couple of, uh, couple of weeks. But they started off with a greater degree of incursion than we'd seen for quite some time. So if you like, mm -hmm. the bar had been raised and it's taken longer to get to this point because there was more to do. Yeah, well, the, the Thargoid, well, ever since Salvation fired that second weapon, the Thargoids have, have backed off. So we're just going to have to wait for the next shoe to drop. I think things are just seem to be focusing around Aegis and Nazimuth and... Um, the res the response to Aegis being wound up seems to be the the priority at the moment. 
But uh, yeah, um, I mean, do you want to see more Thargoid uh, incursions coming in, Shan? Um, yes, but I think if they just target the same systems over and over again, it gets a bit kind of samey. And yeah, I, you know, but even if they, it's like they attacked Sol or. Uh, Akinar or anywhere like that, if they attack someone, yes, there'd be a bit of a change. But I guess I'd want to see the nature of their attacks change rather than just keep doing the same thing again. Well, you'd like to see them sort of on the move and getting stronger in the same time, little tweaks to... Yeah, I think I'd I'd actually like them to jump into a system and see the system under attack rather than you jump into a place and find the space station's on fire, you know, to actually have that interact. Oh my God, they're attacking the station. We've now got to defend the station and the, away from the target. So basically, you make an interactive attack and how the players react and beat back. Yeah. It depends on what happens to the space station. That's Rather than just a calculated attack for 10 minutes on a Thursday morning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, uh, yeah. It's. I mean, as much as I do like the the Thargoid combat zones, I mean, they're actually quite fun. I would actually like to see maybe a little bit more variety in this, because it's always... We've had the same variety for almost two years. Sometimes you think maybe it's time for an update. The anti-Xenophobes are getting really good at it as well, so... Yeah, I mean, if they can can get rid of a Medusa with a Blooming Adder, then we've seen someone... Yeah, I mean that's that was just phenomenal. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think the I think we're ready for the next phase of Thargoid incursion now. But then again, if they take it away, it will be like the drought when everybody was just saying, "Oh, give us something," because we had something like nine months where. Nothing happened on the Thargoid side at all, and people were just giving up and walking away. For a lot of the original anti Xeno initiative people just um, uh, went. Or do you think, yeah, I'm just thinking out loud, or do you think that the way the Thargoids will change their tactics is to attack on the ground, and then that's when we'll get person versus Thargoid? On foot combat, do you think they could be saying, oh, "It's almost like, well, we can't win in space, so therefore we'll invade the planet, etc." Do you think that would be an option they could go for? That's absolutely well, end game. Yeah, and um, I'll definitely agree with uh, uh, with on that. I mean, that's um, that's like the uh, uh, what do you call it? The uh, when they started attacking stations, the first time one of those stations got blown up. Um, I think that's the uh, that's the end game for for Odyssey. Is all of a sudden we've now got Thargoids on the ground, and I suppose that will probably be the end of the development phase for Odyssey, and start moving on to the next bit. Personally, I hope we get um, the console version before that. There's no way. There is no way that we will have Thargoids on the ground before console, be it old-gen console or next-gen console, there's no way they can progress a storyline that much and then have to rehash it for consoles. Mm, yeah, 
Oh no, I, I completely agree, but it all depends on whether or not the consoles. Well, we don't know what's happening with the consoles because um, we haven't had a single update about consoles or anything else for that matter <laughs> about future plans. So yeah, um, right. Well, it is that time of the week again. Score a lot. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. Oh, a store alert, 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 well, ironically, after after last week's um, be straight pythons, there hasn't been a store alert again this week. There was actually a newsletter or a news from Elite Dangerous email that went out, which effectively just covered the same things that that we did, uh, which was the amount of uh, exploration in the galaxy so far. Um, the fact that the Colonia Bridge project phase three was completed. Um, and they did have one little bit here where they say, looking forward to a flurry of months ahead. We hope to share even more of your amazing efforts. Okay. So we were talking about the newsletter before we quickly jumped to adverts. Yeah. I just like a couple of thoughts from, from you guys when they're, um, when they're saying things about, looking forward to um everything that they've got to share in the future is that how do you how does that make you guys feel the fuck on we it <laughs> i it's, think that's how it makes me feel it feels to me as as what is normally a voice of like extreme saccharine positivity going oh look we've, we've been we've been silent for a month and we've released an update but we've got loads of cool stuff to come yeah it's great and everything that's great and everything. I'm really glad that you are still working on it, but there's there's de- there's definitely a lack. It, it's the, the the lack of the things in the now and the absolutely no com um, communication about no streams yeah. whatsoever is in t- it's very disconcerting. Well, it's not only that, but all all we really seem to get is Sally saying, "Here's the basics. I've got to run. I'm really fucking busy." And then she'll maybe, you know, a couple of little bits and bats, but it's, it's always, I'm really busy, I can't say nothing. And I think that's about all I've seen. You know, she hasn't, you know, it used to, like last year sometimes, it was almost like she was on the forum all day and chatting, just chatting away with people, basically. And now it's like, you know, this is what I need to say. I'm sorry I can't stay. I'm really busy. Am uh, I wrong? Am I wrong there, Sai? Because I know you're you're on the forums more than I. Oh my bollocks! That's a lie and a half. Okay, you're you 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 can't be on them less than I am. Holy no! Well, I mean, I'd have a go. Uh, Colin, Colin and Shannon are forum official. Oh, Colin's definitely on the more than yeah. Colin, Colin is definitely <laughs> the, the forum masochist. I guess I'd say. I think Shan's just a masochist. That's no, I, I I lurk. I lurk on the forums. I, I used oh, to contribute okay. quite a lot, but it was kind of like what I tend, what irritates me about forums in general is 
unless you are at the top of the page, no one that, yes. reads it and no one responds. If you if you reply and you're at the bottom of the page, it's ignored because the person. Do you mean the, the bottom of the page. forum page, or do you mean the bottom of the post? Let's say you know you're, you're on a post. Thread. Okay, the bottom of the thread. thread. Okay. So let's say if you're at the top of page two of a thread, you'll get a response. But if, if you're you at, are the yeah. last post <laughs> on page two, yep. it can be the most well reasoned post ever. And no one will respond to it. And also, I think there's uh, there's a there's an attention span. So it's almost like you're trying to communicate with people with the attention span of a TikTok video. On the, and the risk of sounding like a forum dad, which I guess I am, isn't that a larger problem that we have these days with things in general with people having the attention? You know, it used to be you know people considered like a five minute YouTube video. Great. Maybe a 15-minute video if it was something big. But heaven help you if you do a half-hour video or, or longer. Whereas now, even the five-minute videos are, are too big. And it's like TikTok or YouTube are going, oh, shit, we're losing our audience to TikTok. Uh, have YouTube shorts. Well, that is, that is interesting because the, uh, the number of YouTubers I follow, they all say they actually get the most revenue from YouTube Shorts, rather than the ten to fifteen minute detailed YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is that's that's you're trying to push that, though, isn't it? That's because YouTube are trying to push that as a um, competitor, so to encourage the bigger YouTubers yeah. to do stuff. That, that's a that's a horrible state of civilization, I think. Almost, if that's you know, that's our you. Know, we only have thirty second attention span. That's depressing. Sorry, I didn't catch the end of your sentence and got bored. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say, Say. Exactly, exactly. Cat videos. Uh, cat videos, yeah. Cat I mean, videos. I, was, I, was, I still have a mission to uh, record Hobbs on his wheel. Yeah, if, if your wife doesn't stop you. Well, at the moment, Hobbs is stopping himself, as I say, because he does about four steps and goes with for food. So. Yeah, that's because you've got a smart cat. Smart cat escaped today outside. Terrifying. Oh, should we? Are we returning to the to the no shots? I think. Um, we, I think that's probably a good idea. Shall we have a bit of a break? They came to our world long ago, tis said, and now they're out there in the depths of space, far away, or maybe they're under the sea, far below. The old ones, the oldest, older than us, older, older. That is not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange aeons, even death may die. Old Ones Productions. Quality art prints, t-shirts, and chess sets for horror and science fiction fans. Because you never know when you might need Cthulhu, Commander. Find us in the Lave Business Directory, or alternatively at www.oldonesproductions.com. 
Have you been missold PPI? Python Protection Insurance was missold if you didn't want it, ask for it, or need it. I was missold Python Protection Insurance and I got a claim worth 3,000 credits. At Cowell and McGrath, we are ready to pursue claims for pilots who were sold PPI, even though they didn't have an escape pod. When my partnership was destroyed, the insurance became invalid. I settled out of court for enough credits to restart my narcotics and weapons shipping business. Millions have been missold Python Protection Insurance they can never claim, simply because they don't have an escape pod. Why should you pay for not reading the small print? My husband was missold PPI. As a result of our claim, we now own Jupiter. Cowell and McGrath, turning your carelessness into profitable lawsuits. I could murder a cup of tea. Yorkshire gold, if you have it. Double Yorkshire gold. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're dead. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Attention, attention. Lave Station in Fort Myrtle. We interrupt your broadcast to bring you essential system information regarding the planet Lave. For feedbacks on Karash. Hey guys, my sis wants you to do fake weather reports of what the forecast is like for Lave next week. Answer. Planet-wide weather data is difficult to collate. However, we have enclosed the forecast for Ashoria over the coming week. Tomorrow morning will be cloudy, with a chance of rain. Temperatures range from 12 to 17 degrees Celsius, or 285 to 290 Kelvin. Citizens are reminded to wear filter visors where possible to minimize exposure. The afternoon will turn colder but visor recommendations remain in place. Rain is expected this evening with elevated levels of hydrogen. Yes, we're back. Um, we so we still, haven't, we still haven't got a call and we haven't actually talked amongst ourselves amongst who's going to take us up. So I guess I'll do it and say something along the lines of we, we've... So as, as we mentioned in the intro, um, Minishan, a.k.a. Uh, the Internet Lawyer or whatever... Um, has just started playing Elite. Is I believe you're playing it predominantly on VR, yes? Yeah, that's right. What the hell were you thinking, and why have you started getting into this game that is now eight years old, I guess? Mm, well, it all stemmed from my friend, actually. Um, mm. We'll call him Oberlicky, is his username. And uh, I initially got VR. I thought about it for a while, did some lot of research. I liked the whole concept of it and all the games, and I decided... I'd really like to get it to play DCS on mainly. Yeah. Because I'm very big into DCS. I passed the whole learning curve where it's, oh my goodness, there's loads of switches. I don't know what to do. I obviously, I passed that now so I can just uh, do it off of muscle memory. And yeah, um, I, I got um, a DCS A10 and I spent an hour to take off. I then yep. flew around for about half an hour. I then well was like getting getting increasingly confident, and I was on realistic mode as well, or simulation mode rather than because it came with I, I I had the dials cranked up basically. Um, I was like, you know, okay, I'm getting the hang of this. I'm not, you know, And then I was like, you know, going being more risky, more risky, more risky. Oh shit! I just crashed into a bridge. <laughs> I can't remember how the hell to start it up, and I really can't be bothered 
watching that tutorial again to try to do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I played DCS a lot um, mm -hmm. like a year ago, and I learned about five different aircraft just right. off by heart. And I took a long break from it, and the only aircraft I remember is the Hornet. But to be honest, that's been my favorite aircraft since I was born, pretty much. So Fair enough. I'm happy with that. But anyway, um, yeah, and my friend was thinking about VR for a while, and I think, I don't think he'd ever admit it, but me buying VR kind of tipped him over the edge, and he impulse bought it and then picked it up the same day. Uh, we had to go through a lot of troubleshooting because it's a never-ending process to get your VR settings correct for your PC. Yep. So and, which, uh, can I ask which VR kits you got? We both got the Quest 2, Oculus Quest 2. I refuse okay, to call so it the MetaQuest, which is what yes, it's I, So the same as I've got. Are, are you playing it wirelessly or are you plugged in? Uh, we're plugged in for things like Elite and DCS for sure. Okay, so you're not using the AirLink? No. Okay, that's we uh, avoided I'm, I'm, the trap, I'm... the Oculus trap of paying £80 for their um, yes. USB-A to USB-C wire. Amazon do better wires to be honest just for like 15 20 pounds so oh I, thankfully i've got you know my wi-fi is good enough so i've just gone with the air link and yeah, it I, does love, work well. I love how i love just that feeling of freedom and just you know i literally i can walk around like my, my my room or my cockpit depending on your point of view and not have to worry about where my cables are but yeah exactly um and i think it's what 250 quid something like that you can't you can't complain, especially for a starter VR kit. No. So essentially, yeah, we uh, got on DCS together, and yeah. uh, his card is um, an unnamed brand, not NVIDIA. Um, the other brand, I'll just say. Uh, that should work quite well with VR, but doesn't really in mm -hmm. actuality. And uh, yeah. we believe he has a faulty card as well. Um, so good. Every time that we play DCS, he, he ends up crashing. His computer just green screens to death. Um, and then he suggested playing Elite because it's a game that's actually better optimized for VR than DCS. DCS yep. is awfully optimized. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I, like, I can do this. I, I'm vaguely familiar with the concept of this game. Obviously, I have contacts, not what you know, <laughs> who you know, of course. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, cool. I'll be down for trying this in VR. Um, had a bit of faff with controls and because that is that is quite the the learning curve of all those controls to set up, especially on a Hotas when you first start Elite. Yeah, and starting in VR where you don't have that muscle memory. Um, but yeah, we we got into it. I'm still in the starter zone, but my friend Abeliki has ascended to the to the heavens <laughs> now. I believe he told me he's just completed the uh, Hutton Orbital. Oh, last congratulations! Night. Yeah, he uh, yeah. he spent an hour and a half doing that, apparently. Which is more than your sh your dad's done. Oh, wow. Uh, he admitted to us last week, in fact, that he hasn't done... He's not taken the pilgrimage to Hutton. I've got which... better things to do than sit in my cockpit and look at the screen for an hour and a half before I get somewhere. You well, know, you don't even need to look at the screen if you've got Super Cruise Assistant. Well, that's not really playing the game, is it? It's, it's, it's like having a chauffeur. But, see, there's... I mean, the, the beauty of the Hutton Run is you can point yourself in the direction, then you go off and do house cleaning for an hour, then you come back and you're like, you're still going. It's brilliant. What a gripping gaming experience. My house was never so clean as when I was doing the, the oh, the not the tutorial, the, the for the mug stuff, basically. Um, did your friend pick up the free anaconda there? It's not I'm free, it's unsure. under credits. Unsure. Yeah. But 
Are you are you are you aware of the meme that is that there's a free free anaconda at Hutton Orbital? No. Imagine uh, a someone in you know mid a primary school starting university lecture. That's sort of me in Elite Dangerous. So I, I mean, I remember the the amount of language when you were trying to get the keys mapped. And yeah. uh, one of the things that we talked about in the previous week was quit points in an MMO. Would would you think trying to get the key bindings right in early, if I hadn't given you mine to base it on, do you think that would cause some people to quit, just simply the key bindings and the way that process works? Or are you a... Only, ex- this, only those low in industriousness, for sure. Um, anyone You, you who, mentioned... Sorry. Keep, anyone... Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. No, you keep going. Okay. Well, I've, I've been gaming for a long time, so I know the first thing to do when I'm confused is go to Google and most likely to Reddit. That's exactly what I did. And I found a website there. I f- feel like I can't remember the name, but it had ED in it, and it had a bunch of profiles people made for My Hotas as an X56, um, Logitech X56. Um, there's probably literally about 50 different profiles of keys people have put uploaded to that website. And uh, you can then assign the keys off of their guide. Yeah, it's definitely time-consuming, but it simplifies it. Um, and I chose not even to take the time-consuming route and just uh, ask Dad, you know, for the, <laughs> the profile binds, which um, do make sense in the end. They don't make any sense for a DCS player, but they do certainly make sense for Elite Dangerous players. Um, it allowed me to nail not needing to auto-dock very, very early on. In fact, I just turned off auto-docking within about five minutes of playing the game because the controls make a lot of sense for it. Um, and, I do have a quick question yeah. I'd like to ask, actually, is yeah, I thought that these days there were a lot of standard bindings. So I'm guessing what well, it didn't recognize that you had the F- F- X56 hot ass. So it did, give, but okay. I never, ever trust default bindings in a game, ever. <laughs> so ever. You, you, Not even Elite Dangerous thing. <laughs> you might never. have borrowed these problems yourself, or you just didn't even try them. Uh, well, I wouldn't know what to try. I mean, thing something Elite does that definitely I feel like needs to be fixed for somebody joining the game specifically with a HOTAS mm. is that they assign their joy buttons, like press joy 3 to do this, is different to the actual joy 3 in the drivers of the joystick. What, so again, so I had to go to Reddit. Is, another, is actually another button? Yeah, it'd be like joy 6, oh, for example. Okay, that's not so good. So I had, again had to go to Reddit, and some handy chap had created a, an image of all the X fifty six buttons according to League. Uh, League, uh, Elite Dangerous. Sorry, I played a bit of League today. Yeah, I didn't want to admit that I played that game, but yeah. Um, so that was helpful. I feel like Reddit and my dad and my friend have been my best friends in my experience starting this game, and I think that really indicates that if you're alone, solo playing this game, and you don't have much experience in gaming as well. This is certainly a very overwhelming game to start out in. Uh, also, my friends just messaged me in all caps saying, there's no free anaconda. <laughs> oh, is he listening? So, yeah. So, so it, is, you can't. is he listening? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Hello, hello to Minishan's friends. So, so, in terms of the... Because um, I, I think I mentioned this when we were going through the keybinds. Because you did the tutorials and stuff as well, didn't you? I did. When when we first joined in Beta and Gamma, 
you basically, you looked at the station services screen in your Sidewinder, and that was as much help as you got. Do you feel as though the tutorials and that, were they helpful, or do you think you could have done without the time spent doing them? Um, I mean, it was certainly helpful in the respect of me being told what my key bindings are and then referring to that said Reddit image. But as for actually learning how to play the game and make money, it's it's kind of useless still. I'm aware that there's challenges that you can do in this game. Are they? I've not looked at them yet, but I assume they're just tutorials in and of themselves, but they're a different name. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I've not even, done they're those. Not even, if, you're, if they're the things you're talking about, I, I wouldn't even call them tutorials. It's just... It's like Alien Swarm or something like that. It's like, you know, you go in and you get sort of five ships come after you and then ten ships and so on. Yeah, perhaps doing those would help out more, but I'm a quick study, so I've, I've learned the game. The only thing I'm mildly confused on is um, where to get things at different stations, so especially in the starter area. I feel like the game needs to be more intuitive in directing, and maybe there is a way, but I wouldn't know it because the game hasn't told me, um, of finding materials you need to do things. For example, mining. I cannot find a surface scanner to put on my ship anywhere um, at any of the starter stations I've visited for so far, and I really wanted to do some of the mining quests. I was able to buy a, a laser and a refinery and equip those. That's fairly straightforward but i can't find like prospect limpets and surface scanners and i wouldn't i don't know how to find them maybe there's a website online that allows you to look up what stations have what there there um, are many websites online yes yeah however yeah, I, I feel like this should be an in-game thing in my opinion i i think you're absolutely right i mean there the, there are out of game websites and i can ping you a couple yeah. of links that will help but the in-game tools of where to find stuff and how to find stuff is quite lacking, for example. I mean, things like you mentioned about what well, a surface scanner or something, and I said, oh, well, yeah. you need to look at the high-tech system with a big population, etc., like that. But nowhere is that actually written down in the game. You almost have to think, well, hang on a minute. I'll try this and try this and try this. So... Yeah, that's a definite that's, that's a definite point. So, going back to the um, the tutorials, um, so you said you think they're a good way of testing out your key bindings. So, what would you say after you've done tutorials? Do you feel as though the game leads you into what to do next after tutorials, or do you think it's if you like kicking the what the heck do I do can down the road a bit? Uh, no, I think it does. It shoves you into the station at the end of the tutorial. I can't remember what station it was. It may have been, for me, I think it was Coelho Station at the Matter system. Um, and then uh, there's a bunch of missions there that you can do, and they're pretty straightforward. You just select a mission. You can you know, deliver coffee and whatnot. I did, did a bit of that. Um, and then there's the mining missions, which obviously you won't be able to do because you can't get the equipment anywhere in the starter system. Well, if you can, I've not found it. And obviously, you've got um, conflict zones, which obviously anyone with two brain cells they can bash together can figure out. If you go there, you get combat. Um, so I feel that's pretty straightforward. The game doesn't need to hold your hand. I feel there is a line between having everything given to you and being able to figure your own path through a game. Um, and I feel like it should it should only help you. Game should only help you to avoid tedium instead of avoid learning. 
in a way. So find, going to find things at a station, in my opinion, others would disagree, is tedious. And I feel like a game relying on out-of-game websites to do things isn't the right approach for a game. I mean, this is not the biggest offender that I've ever played. The biggest offender of a game I've played is called Escape from Tarkov, if any of you played that game, where to complete the missions in that game, you literally have to follow imaged guides on the wiki to find anything anywhere. You, if you played that game without an out-of-source web, out-of-game website, you would not level up. You would not get anywhere. Um, and Elite, I feel like, has that quite a bit. Um, and I feel like that's fine, but not for somebody who doesn't want to live and breathe this game. So what sort of, I mean, I, I know this is a rhetorical question, but would you describe yourself as a hardcore gamer? Um, and would you say that Elite is your type of game you normally go for? Or what is your type of game you normally go for? Um, I don't have a particular, I definitely go for multiplayer games. I definitely play games to play with my friends, first and foremost. Um, but I do play single player games and the games that I play single player always work those with a progression to them. So a good example is I recently played two roguelites. I played one called Hades and then one called Risk of Rain 2. I loved Hades and I hated Risk of Rain 2 because Risk of Rain 2, yeah, the gameplay is fun, but you don't progress at all in the game. You just get better at it. You don't level up, you don't gain things, you don't change how the world looks. But in Hades, you do. You do progress, you change how the world looks, how the characters interact. And I prefer that sort of single-player experience. And I feel like Elite has that. So this is sort of the game I'd go for. And the fact that it's multiplayer. A lot of my friends do play this game. And the fact that it's well-optimized for VR. So how have you found the VR experience? Because I must admit, when I started playing VR, the galaxy map and navigating was... I used to come out of VR, point where I wanted to go, and then jump back into VR for the the travel bit. Um, how have you found the VR experience and learning to use it? Because I, I know I've said to you that you know, learn to play the game on flat screen rather than VR. But as usual, completely, you completely ignored my advice and concentrated VR. So I'm just kind of wondering how you're finding it. Yeah, there's a reason I had not ignored your advice. First of all, I would recommend people not to play this game first in VR. You should play it in 2D on a flat screen and learn the game not go straight to VR. The only reason I started VR and I learned VR is because I trust my own aptitude as a person to quickly muscle memory and learn things in VR. And that's what's happened because that's how I've had it in previous gaming experiences. That's not what I recommend for most people. Um, but the, the experience overall, I think, is really good. Obviously, you should run it at maximum quality um, as per your PC allows. And my PC is pretty good. I have a 1080 Ti, a good processor, and the game runs pretty much on Ultra. I can run the game very, very high on my VR. Not the max, but very, very high. And it looks very, very good. And I have played the game on flat as well, just to see what the experience is like. And the biggest distinction is combat in, on a flat screen monitor is actually a lot harder. It's much easier on VR. And also having all that dogfight experience at DCS as well. So sort of the same principles apply. Um, but how the game looks and interacts, I've not had any performance issues at all. Um, the whole inside your ship, other people's ships, planets, and space really gives you a very good sense of what it would be like to do that in real life. Like I stumbled, I, I, I give an example. When I first started playing the game, I was using my frameshift drive, and as you guys know, it might just 
deposit you next to a sun that just takes up your whole screen. Well, for me, that was my entire eyesight, my eyeline. I just was deposited in front of the sun. I didn't expect it to be there. And it made me jump, to be honest. It wouldn't have made me jump on a flat monitor, but because I was on VR, I had this huge sun right in front of me. Um, It made me jump. And I feel like that's sort of the biggest distinction. It's just immersion. So you mentioned... Sorry, sorry, I'm... Sorry, I was just saying, and the game's well-optimized for VR, in my opinion. So how have you found... I, it's not really a flight model because it's in space, but you know what I mean. How have you found that flight model? Because I know uh, both you and your friend are really into flight sims. And like I know we've talked about Microsoft Flight Sim 2020 and DCS, and you've expressed the view that actually Flight Sim 2020 isn't a patch on DCS in terms of realism for flight models. You know, flight Sim 2020 is, seems to be more primitive than what DCS is. So you can obviously tell the difference. I'm just wondering how you felt the flight model was an elite for being in spaceship. Um well I wouldn't know what the flight model for a spaceship was, but compared to real life flight physics, I feel like it gets the basics. It's not very it's not similar in any way to be honest. But obviously like if you want to turn better you need to slow down. If you want to go forward you throttle up and uh unlike DCS aircraft, you can reverse in midair. That's a different concept. And obviously, you have your little side thrusters up and down that you can use in the heat of combat. And I have done. They're very good. Um, I feel like the flight model's very intuitive. I have turned the flight assist off. Um, that felt very floaty and a bit spongy, but that's probably because I'm not used to it. I don't think there's that. I can't really criticize on that because I'm not in a position to. I do enjoy the flight models in Elite Dangerous quite a lot, and I really enjoy docking yourself and taking off yourself. I feel that's really excellent. And do you use fixed weapons or gimbaled weapons at the moment? Uh, I've got gimbaled weapons right now. I only have pulse laser and uh, the the autocannon. Just a, a couple of quick questions, I guess. You know, I'm assuming. You know, I'm assuming from what you're saying, you're playing Horizons rather than Odyssey. I am. Yes. So. As an example of kids these days, in inverted commas, do you have any interest in what Odyssey even offers? If you're even aware of what it's offering. So from my understanding, Odyssey doesn't offer VR. Is that correct? Okay, so that was probably one of the main reasons I haven't even looked at it, to be honest. But from what Shan has told me, um, it offers much more in-depth on world exploration and like raids you can do with like bases of enemies and you go around yeah. and you shoot them and you steal stuff or whatever. Is that right? Yeah. I feel like that's, that's a very good um, draw to it. I feel like that's, that's excellent. I don't, I, kids these days love shooting things. <laughs> FPS yeah, games are, are the most popular game. I mean, the most popular game in the world is Dota 2 and League of Legends, and they're not shooter games, but that's Asia's fault. But in the Western world, it is definitely FPS games like Apex and God forbid Battlefield and Call of Duty, as terrible as they've been in recent you, years. You're forgetting the F word. Fortnite. Uh, oh, f- like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be a, uh, yeah, Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, Fortnite for sure. But Fortnite's a dying breed, and I feel like is it, is it dying though? Okay. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, they've done all right from it though. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, they have. Mm. You can tell what games are popular by what's popular on Twitch. That's yeah. the best, biggest indicator, in my opinion. The biggest <laughs> FPS game right now, I think, the only thing that's popular on Twitch, from what I understand. Well, and yeah, Col- yeah, of course. Colin was telling me horrendous things about just chatting. 
Yeah, there's uh, there's some horror stories there. Yeah. But yeah, you uh, guys were talking about attention spans before. And uh, I feel like a lot, a lot of people my age and younger, considering I work with people younger my age as well, I know exactly what they're playing. But predominantly, it is FPS games that they're playing. But I'm guessing so having that element in Odyssey oh, is excellent. Yeah. yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so we talked about the FPSs. Um, what sort of complexity of combat and the interaction do you look for in an FPS? Because obviously you've got the straight just run around and shoot everything as soon as it moves. And then you've got perhaps a more nuanced form of combat. And so the, the, the kids you work with, what sort of, do they play the nuanced sort of FPS or are they running around Twitch shooting? Twitch shooting, definitely. Me and my friend group, we, we lean way more into the realistic type of games. So the, most, the, the biggest played FPS games that we play are uh, Hell at Loose, uh, Insurgency Sandstorm, Escape from Tarkov, uh, Squad, we used to play a little bit of Squad, that kind of game. Uh, Rise and Storm 2, they're all uh, games in a similar vein. I'd say Tarkov being the most realistic out of those. And the thing that those games have in common is satisfying gunplay and feeling like you're actually shooting someone when you're doing it and being rewarded correctly for kills and just an overall sense of this, this is how you can tell your Shan, Shan son, you know, feeling like you're actually killing somebody. I mean, <laughs> like the, father, like son. That is there, the that is the appeal of Tarkov, though. Is like because the amount of the from what I've seen of Tarkov, I really want to play Tarkov. But the amount of work that it takes you to go from absolutely nothing jack shit to feeling super confident that you're going to be able to kill something and you have all the right gear and then subsequently being able to make those shots without all of the fancy um indicators it is a fascinating game yeah we have um thousands of hours on armor for example armor is my second most played game of all time Um. um so that's. I mean, I would almost say armor like the. It's a it's a bit like the sort of FPS D, uh, DCS sort of, isn't it? So it's more mixed co- mixed combat as well, isn't it? Because sorry, which game are you referring to? Armor or Armor Two, whatever. Yeah, it's I mean, like... what made Armor so good was the modding community. Yeah, mods made Armor good, and to be honest, most games that can be modded make that, those games good, in my opinion. Right. I mean, the most that recent right. first-person shooter game that's come out. That where all the rave is ready or not. Have you heard of that game? Ready or not. Ready or not. Have you heard of SWAT Four before? That's more your time. I've heard of SWAT, but I've not heard of Ready or Not. No. Ready or Not is the spiritual successor to SWAT. Okay. So it's a it's a hype it's a hyper tactical um, police shooter where you're a SWAT member and right. you go to these various situations. Like one of the beginning situations is you go into this rundown drug house and you have to go arrest all the drug dealers and save overdosing children and take evidence and you go through the map and you clear it um and that's also very similar in vein as uh things like tarkov where you can like lean around corners slowly and you mm. very much work together as a team i feel like team players are very big into fps as well I mean, it sounds almost i remember oh rainbow six back in the day or something like that almost yeah well we played lots of rainbow six siege for example yeah um that game got lost to us as well the whole we won't get into the politics of Rainbow Six Siege, but uh, yeah, 
we played that game for a lot. We got fairly high ranked in it as well. Um, and we played a lot of COD Modern Warfare as well. We we do partake in what we like to call as ADHD gamers, where which is the Twitch <laughs> shooting type thing yes. you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but the thing that those games have is a, a satisfying weight to them and an element of team play. Yeah, so but in, I'd imagine I'd imagine properly working together as a team in things like COD, you could just yeah. own the entire map. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. I I I don't remember what my win rate was. But I think I have over 80 Warzone wins with Battle Royale wins. And most of that was with a team. And yeah. in multiplayer, we just pub stomp. It, it was, it's not even fair. But there, there's things that we didn't like about Modern Warfare is that they forced um, matchmaking. So you're always matched against people, your skill, even if you're a casual game. Most people were not a fan of that. And that's what a lot of games do today as well. Um, so that prevented us from pub stomping like all the time. Um, but there's a new game came out uh, called World War 3. It was not a new game, but it was re-released called World War 3, where there is no matchmaking in that game, and we could literally just play as a squad of five and st- stomp an entire game where there's 20 on each team, just from five people working together. Um, so yeah, I feel like what Elite does well is allowing you all to do your own thing be solo. I mean, one of my friends has a whole TeamSpeak channel that he's called the Space Truckers just because he feels like a space trucker playing Elite. Yeah. Um, so you've got that air element of being relaxed and being able to, you know, run those you career missions. You've got and the Bandit kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But then you can also come together, even in the same ship, and work as a team to achieve our objective. I, I do like that about Elite. I've not done it much yet. And I feel like Odyssey also leans that way as well from what i've seen from it being able to work together and do like essentially what is a dungeon i guess the more as heists almost yeah yeah but yeah i know what you mean uh, i mean i guess you haven't taken done this yet but have you when when you escape into the wide world um i'd be interested in finding out your opinion on the in doing a full wing of combat missions or cqc for that matter yeah, I think I'd be interested in seeing how you guys all, if you can find another another two players and the four of you playing CQC together. And, and the, are, uh, sorry, the CQC, from my understanding, is the it's like player v player, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a structured play v play. You know how you would go in a, into a. Um, it's not open world PvP CQC, so you're limited to what ships you can choose and their loadouts, and there's game. There's game types like team deathmatch, normal deathmatch, captures the flag, etc. So it's uh-huh. it's quite structured in in that way. So um, the controls are all the same, but it's not as gear orientated as open world PvP. Yeah. And as Mac Winston's just saying, actually CQC is absolutely fabulous in VR as well, because obviously that's a pure Horizons mode. So yeah, I could imagine CQC. Oh, could you imagine flying through the tunnels and things like that in CQC in VR would be so so cool. I, I feel like you have so an advantage. Oh, you was... have an advantage over non-VR gamers. If you're yeah, I, I, I want to try. I want to try this now. Apart from the fact I'm doing a show. Damn, Shan, talk to your son. I wanted to go and play CQC in VR. <laughs> I was I was going to ask you if you mentioned a few things like um, the feeling of doing damage and the progression etc could you have have you thought about what that feels like how would you describe to someone who's never felt that that feeling of 
having an impact on the combat. I mean, for example, one of the things that I personally am not keen on are bullet sponges. So all you do is you find magazine after magazine after magazine at someone or something, and it's purely a matter of how many times you land hits on it. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Is that something you, you know, do you like just being able to rampage at something and empty magazines at it until it dies, or what sort of thing do you enjoy? Well, if you have knowledge of gaming, you know every FPS game I've listed is a game where you die in one or two hits. There's no be there's no being sponged or anything. But one thing I did find in Elite is I went to a high combat intensity zone in one of the starter planets thinking, oh, this is like an MMO. This is a starter planet. I'm going to be fine. And I go and I get three <laughs> shots. Um, and I try and solo kill targets and I'm just there shooting lasers at them for like what seems like three calendar years. So obviously I adjusted my approach where I would go to these zones and then just follow the police around and let them do all the work. Um, like a true brave hero of Elite Dangerous. Um, We've all been there, done that. How you start, man. It's how you start. Yeah, for sure. And it's worked well. I've managed to... Um, the friend I was talking about who started, he, he's ahead of me, but he did spend a, pretty much all of Sunday grinding and managed to get the Cobra Mark III after a few hours of no, gameplay. I love, I love the Cobra. It's um, and I come on for half an hour the day afterwards and I target this big boy ship who's clearly would one-shot me, but there's about four police officers shooting at him and I shoot at him and then I get like a two million credit bounty just from that and I leave. And I'm all, already with the Cobra Mark III after like just that half an hour of playing. So I guess it's all about luck in a way of who's being shot at in that zone. But that is the strategy I've found. And that's something that um, my friends told me to do and people in my friend group have played this game previously and also my dad. So I thought this has got to work. So I'll try that. And it did. Um, but I do feel like enemies are very bullet spongy, but I think that's not a proponent of the game. I feel like that's just because I'm an ultra noob. Yeah, you get a bit of engineering in there on a bigger ship and you'll be like... So, so does the because another part of early, and I'm sure you've zoomed out to see the galaxy map and seen every single pixel on that galaxy yeah. map is a star system. Yeah. Does exploring that does that uh, attract you in any way, or are you more much more of the PPU kind of combat orientated? I've never once got into a game going, hmm, I'm just going to go around and look at the environments. just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> I appreciate the environment, though, for sure. I think it's very well made, and it looks great in VR. Obviously, it's obviously lower res in VR than it is in flat screen, but you don't get that sense of awe um, like you do in VR. Um, the Galaxy map, people have mentioned that it's awful to use, and I, and I agree, to be honest, especially in VR. Um, that is true, yeah. And it's really... I feel like it's very unintuitive in VR. Um, I've gotten used to it now, but again, it still winds me up a bit. And being able to have to flip through all the uh, options for it using a HOTAS while you're in VR is a hard thing to do. I feel like it's uh, something I have to develop muscle memory for. I've gotten better at it. But yeah, um, the, the environments that you can travel to look a lot better in VR with that overall, you know, where it's in your peripherals, you've got you know, depth perception. You've got um, the idea of it just taking up your entire eye line instead of your immersion being ruined by, well, being in a monitor. Just obviously, if you've never tried VR before, it's hard to explain what it's like. Um, all I can recommend is I don't know, make a friend with VR, or buy, buy a headset and try it. 
and then return it or something. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know at LaveCon and yeah. things like that, or Elite Community Meet, we usually have VR. Although, I suppose, I guess if you break out the Dettel and things like that, we can maybe still do that in post-COVID days. But oh, we'll, sure. have, we'll yeah. have to think about that. Oh, that's yeah. what. That's where I first experienced Elite in VR, was at LaveCon. Oh, same. I, I think I first went on, first was on Stephen Usher's uh, original Oculus, DK2. Anyway, the first ever Oculus that came out was on that, and its resolution wasn't anything to write home about. But as you say, that lack of looking at a monitor and being able to see the sheer scale of everything, because the ships and stuff and the stations are way, way bigger than you think they are on the flat screen. As I've said on the show, at least, but I know, yeah, I know the the very first time I tried VR. I was then encouraged. I, was, I flew around a bit, and that was fine. I was then encouraged stand up and have a look around a bit, and things like that. And then I started talking to the guy whose VR rig it was. And whilst we were talking, I leaned on the back of the pilot seat, which of course isn't there. So but you fell forward. I fell very forward. So um, have you looked? Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask: Have you looked around the cockpit yet? Have you stood up and looked around the cockpit? Uh, yeah, that was a feature you could do. It is. Well, you, you, basically, you, can, you take your head off and then you can walk around. And then if you've got your Oculus controllers on you, you can just keep resetting your position. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll certainly try that. Sounds very fun. It's, it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of little, like hidden, little hidden details. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing I hate about monitor is the fact that your view is fixed. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can use. I don't know if you can use head tracking. You can. Dangerous. Yeah. I do yeah. have head tracking. It's what I used before VR for DCS. Yeah, there is um, head tracking in Elite. And I can also imagine you can bind an access to it as well, but I haven't actually needed to do that. It's um, on your mouse by default, I believe, or at least it's on my mouse by default. If I press the middle mouse button, then yeah, I can yeah, yeah, book. yeah. My, but my point is that's extra steps. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people would argue moving your neck is harder than pressing the mouse button, but you know, I've got youth on my side. <laughs> yeah, for some of us. I know I, I, my biggest concern against head tracking was I, I'm such a fidget, especially when I'm, you know, just if I'm just lurking, I'll look left, I'll look right, and I don't want my monitor swinging around just because I'm fidgeting. Uh, whereas if I'm in VR, I don't really care that my monitor's swinging around because it's not swinging around. It's I'm just looking about as you do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what I found with head tracking as well, because I, I've got two screens and I'll have Elite on one screen and Netflix or the browser on the second screen. And it was like, okay, I'm looking at Netflix now, I'm looking at the browser now on the second screen. And, oh, I've looked away from. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> So, in terms of what would you, what do you think the point of elite is? Just a question. The same point as any MMO community, and getting better within that community. There's no people, in my opinion, people do not grind for hours on end to do something um, to bring them to to just just not have it affect anyone else. If you see what I mean. So there are there are a lot of there are a lot of single player games where you grind, of course, but I am aware that the elite grind is is very long, um, and as it is for a lot of MMOs, I know this isn't officially MMO, but it but it to, let's be honest, it is an MMO, um, and it certainly plays like MMOs from a new player's perspective. 
I mean, I'm sure some some people will staunchly disagree with me on that. It's not an MMO, but let's be honest, it is. Um, and I feel like in MMOs, the grind is always much more palatable because you know that you're there and you can get into a community of people, even if you're not one, where it realizes your grind. It makes it worth it. You have a big ship. You have a cool weapon. You have great build, skill set, skill set. And you can you can be there with those people and make it work to complete a higher objective, just to make yourself a bigger cog in the machine. And I feel like that's the point of elite is the incentive of I'm going to put this solo effort in because I know that perhaps I'll be able to realize it with other players and we can do something with that. I know that does definitely not for everyone that that thing, but I I, I definitely think it's a majority of players feel like that. Do you? It's a, very free game. it's a bit early. It's a bit early days yet. But do you have any goals that you would like to achieve in Elite? No, not really. Um, I'd quite like to learn how to mine. <laughs> actually, find the stuff for that, um, and then learn how to core mine. There's a lot in it that you can learn and achieve that isn't grindy. You know, learn for the first time. And the fact that you can do so many different things in it, like you, if you're getting bored of binding, you can then go do the combat. I find the combat very fun. Or if you're bored of that and you want to just go do housework, which is what you referenced earlier, you can do courier missions, long-distance courier missions. It's it very sandboxy, which is really good, in my opinion. I feel like that's that's excellent. Yeah, I love the sand, sandboxy aspects of, of, of games like this in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to be even more stupid... Than flying to Hutton in Odyssey, the you can take a taxi around when you're on foot, and at least partly to wind Shan up, I took a taxi from Lave all the way to Hutton just because I could. It's like a space Uber, basically. Yeah, so it's not. I'm not even flying my ship. I'm getting somebody else to fly me there, <laughs> and you wouldn't let me fly you there. Yes, because you'd eject me en route. That's it. So, okay, so it, basically you you haven't got, I wouldn't say I haven't got aim in mind, but basically you're just seeing how it goes, just kind of see what happens, really. Yeah, exactly. I'll probably play it intermittently on my own, but mainly with my friend. Definitely better with friends. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of cool... I said, obviously I said earlier that I don't usually play games to look at the environment, and that... What I mean by that is I don't solely play a game just to go around and look at the environment yeah, I, as beautiful as it is. I know there are some people who they will literally go and spend half an hour oh, for sure. off into the sunset. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm quite looking forward to exploring different areas, but with a purpose. It's a so, ha- so have you landed on a planet yet and messed around with no. the buggy? No, I haven't yet. But that's something I'd like to do. The Horizons get the Scarab, but they don't, do they? Horizons get the Scarab, um, Odyssey gets the Scorpion and the Scarab. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I've owned this game for a while. I'm only just playing it now because of VR. So the reason mm-hmm. I got into this game is because of VR, to be honest. As I heard it was so a good VR reason? experience. And I picked up the game for free on Epic Games when it was free. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's expensive. Yeah, and uh, Epic launches it fairly well. Something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, that's why I've, I've bought it. That's why now I've tried it with a friend. And it's fortunate that my dad is uh, like probably middling to average good at this game. So 
I'd say a little bit higher than that, probably. I that, that's very high praise coming from you and knowing how... Uh... <laughs> yeah, he knows enough. Yeah, he's passable, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like I'd surpass him with either just an hour of research. Yeah, I listen at it. Is... <laughs> There's I'm... always one, the apprentice and the master, isn't there? I am so looking forward to the two of you in a fair duel. You're like sidewinders at 100 kilometers or something. Well, he'll go on about our age and experience and all that stuff. And yeah, that might play a part in him probably killing me, but I have Um, a higher potential. So, you know. You've got that reaction speed on your side. I am looking forward to sidewinders at 100 kilometers. Um, that that would be a lot. I think that would be a lot of fun. We'll um, see, but I, 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 we'll just see how just see how it goes. Really, just don't. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for coming on. I found it really interesting and really useful. I hope other people have enjoyed it. So thank you for coming on, uh, Ben. You got any questions? More inside? No, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, mate. It was great. I the only questions I would want to ask are. Things that I probably shouldn't ask, like any embarrassing stories about your dad. Oh, yeah, like give us all of those right now. You've got like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll probably, we'll probably pass on them, I suspect. Well, that's we... mutually assured destruction, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. That, that is mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Um... No, there's no, there's no reason. I've called it middling average. That's enough. I, mean, I will okay. say one thing. This whole mini shan thing has to stop today. Oh, oh I'm nearly, it's been, it's been I, the I'm, mini Shan or the Shanlings. I, I'm six foot three, all right? My dad's about four foot two. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all I needed. Thank you very much. And um, there's, there's no mini Shan here. Maybe a few years ago, but, you know, he can, I you can I call didn't me. Want, I didn't want to dox you or anything else like that, so no, it's, it's a master yeah, of respect. Yeah, for, but now I've been on the show. mini Shan. Well, you, you have, but it doesn't mean to say you'd have to listen every week to chastise me for not using for using mini shan. So it's I all right, I'll do it. Week. I'll chastise them. It's not a problem. We, I will. I will quite happily shoulder that shoulder that burden. Yeah, because we'll happily grass on your dad whenever he says that. Um, Excellent. I was, I was going to say something actually. Oh, that I, I that's what I was going to say actually is I'm going to embarrass Shan now, and obviously you know he he's talked about you and your brother in the past. Yeah, on the show and off the show as well, and it is blatantly obvious how proud he is of you guys. And I'll just leave it there so he doesn't get too embarrassed. Oh, he would never say that. He'd only just say, "Park the car in a different place on the drive." Or something like that. I thought he got the car to park itself these days. Oh no, no, no! I am, I am, <laughs> I am that that system. Not, 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 uh, not his own personal car. It's not. It's parking Tetris in our driveway sometimes. Mm. No, there is there is a lot of love in our family and I'm very fortunate to have it. Yeah. And I'm proud of my dad too. Shall we shall we move on from from this and thank you very much for coming on? Yeah, no worries. It was great. Right. Well Psyche, do you want to do the community corner or shall I? Yeah I can do it. It's not a problem. Okay dokie. Okay, Community Corner, the Burr Pit, have restarted their breakfast briefings, which are normally at about two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but um, so I, I don't tend to catch them because sometimes I'm streaming as well. But um, he, it's, 
it is very funny watching watching Burr trying to teach Rini how to snipe and Burr taking a lot of flack from everybody. It's great. Um, so go, they're streaming on YouTube now, so, so go and watch it. It's great. Um, and also a special mention to Commander Chig of Hillbilly Redneck Radio or Loose Screws. I didn't write this. I want to clarify that I didn't write this. This, so- this sounds like Colin. I know, right? He's trying I, tonight I to trying tonight to reach CQC Elite and becoming only the sixth person to get Sex Tuple Elite. And what's in brackets, say? Si? Ben, don't say anything. I'm pretty sure it's about the word sex. I'm pretty sure that was what he was preempting was that Ben was gonna say something funny about sex tuple. Ben, would you like to say something funny about sex tuple? The floor is yours. Cool, six good talk. The six of them? Sure. No, I mean, it, it has to because be better than twins, I guess. That, that was a very poor setup, side because it sounded like you were like school teacher wanting to. Well, just say something. Out. Like, if you want to say something, if you want to do, be a lewd, do a lewd. <laughs> the issue is we've got no one to embarrass by it, so it's kind of, it falls on deaf ears right now. Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, okay. So, in any other business, um, apparently you, you missed, there was a Star Wars Squadron's uh, free fly date or something like that. Uh, I did see it was going free. It's been going free on a couple of things recently. I know it's, it was Star Wars Squadrons is great. If anyone still hasn't got it, get it. Uh, and that's very good in VR as well, actually, Lawyer. Um, if you like Star Wars and you like VR, play Star Wars Squadrons. It's amazing in VR. Oh, it's um, on my list. Yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, it's it's yes, it's it's like you are sitting in an X wing, and it's like oh, even better the Tie Fight. Oh, I don't know, X wing and Tie Fighter, they're both amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, and that was going free on Amazon. I know over the weekend, uh, and I think it's been going, f- it's been going free or very cheap on both um, Steam and on Origin. But apparently that ended yesterday, so tough now. Sorry. Um, that's a really wait, useful... That's a really useful... That I, didn't write, I didn't write this. Colin wrote it. It's going free, but it's not now, so tough. Yeah, it was going this free, is... so it sucks to be you. Just to let you know, it's no longer going free, but I just want to make sure that you have the information that you missed out. Yeah, you should have gotten it anyways. <laughs> I love Colin so much. <laughs> And apparently Chris Mark Ford did a lunchtime show on Black Diamond FM. Sometimes some kind of Sunday lunch cooking show or something, I guess. No, he uh, does I it every week. Ben. He do, he does it every week every Sunday. So yeah. Oh did, every did Sunday you add that? Yeah, I did it. Oh, uh, you he does a that? show every Sunday. Yeah, he does a show every is it, Sunday. Is it a cooking show? No. It's just a oh, music and chat. Music and chat. Music and chat. Not cook. I think it should be a cooking show at Sunday lunchtime, damn it. But no, that's not really not. I'd want a cooking show before Sunday lunchtime because I'd want to learn no. how to cook Sunday lunch when no, I don't, would... I'm not under pressure to serve Sunday lunch. Is that not Saturday morning, though? Anyway. I literally have no idea what's going on. It's brilliant. <laughs> that's part of the course there, really, isn't it? You're right, but you're I... right. All right. Has anybody else got anything else they want to say, then? I'm going to make an assumption and say that's a no. Um, so in that case, then, I'll move on to our shout-outs and say 
Uh, I want to give I want to give a shout out to some of our console listeners, the Elite Xbox Stellar Alliance, who are currently in a uh, player faction war involving twenty five player factions, which is that's a a lot of commander groups that are going on there and doing all that stuff. So best of luck to everybody involved in that. So I want to give a shout out to our sister station, Huston Orbital Radio, who broadcast on Thursdays from 8.30. You can tune in and listen to them on twitch.tv slash Huston Orbital Truckers, or the audio only is on radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander who enjoys a spot of CQC action, uh, this is what I was talking about earlier, uh, their lawyer, you can check out the CQC Discord, which is at discords.me slash CQC. We also want to give a shout out to our fellow Elite Dangerous podcasters who are, at last count, the Algarab FAM, Black Sky Legion, Canon Podcast, there's Elitacast for the Spanish community, there's the Fatherhood Podcast, there's Flight Assist, which you know, some of us might have heard something about. Yeah, I'm aware of Yeah, I don't know. Some, it's weird. Um, there's the Guard Frequency, they also do other things. Uh, there's Loose Screws, who we believe are the hillbillies over there. There's Squeaking Fuel, and there's also System Chat. If you want a bit of literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, please subscribe to Alan Stroud's Data Slate podcast. Um, we also, I believe, Norman, we do have a Garnet News this week? Yes, we do. Yay, so we have some Garnet News telling us everything that's been going on, they read the news so we don't have to, by Commander Wotherspoon and Beetlejude. Uh, I want to thank Miggles, and I think Mac Winston was also here in game, although I've been ignoring them since Colin vanished. Um, I want to thank everybody who's been joining us on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, if you've been there. Although if you're on Facebook, I don't know why you are, but that's just personal. Um, a special thanks to Commander Toko Seu, JN Trax, and Alan Stroud, who have created the music involved in the show. Last call for anything else. Nope, that's right. So that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at info at laveradio.com. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash laveradio. You can tweet us at laveradio. We are on Discord by going to discord.io slash laveradio. There is also a TeamSpeak server where commanders get to chat and all that good stuff at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Feel free to get in touch with the show in any way you like to if you've got any questions or if there's anything you'd like for us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening with a live studio audience at 2030, whatever time it is in the UK, because we can't be bothered converting anything. And it's streamed out at laveradio.com slash live and in various other places as well. Thank you very much to Shan, to Psykit, to Half a Colin, and to Mini Maxi Moxie Shan, aka the Internet Lawyer. Until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Safe word. Space can be done.
scientists uranus is full of methane gas i think you're right though colin what have you done with shan and when can we have him back Galnet News Digest, 1st of February, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we ask why Azimuth seems so keen to attract Thargoids. We review the short and decisive elimination of Sirius from Riort. And we return to the mystery of the missing Orissa. Why does azimuth biochemicals want a lure for Thargoids? Azimuth biochemicals is the outfit behind Project Seraph, a partially successful attempt to get humans to control and fly a Thargoid scout spaceship. Five years ago, just before the galaxy became aware of the return of the Thargoids, at a time when Azimuth's enforcers were actively destroying all evidence of a Thargoid invasion to the extent that they raided survey ships and disabled listening posts to suppress the knowledge of the Thargoid hordes massing near the Pleiades. Azimuth's scientist, Professor Thomas Dorn, was conducting Chimera experiments on a captured Thargoid scout and several hundred captive humans. Many of the humans were killed by the effort of trying to control the Thargoid craft, but a handful managed to get it to respond in various limited ways. The experiments had to stop when their one Thargoid scout stopped working. And now we find that in the middle of last year, the person in charge of Azimuth, a cipher known as the Witch, organised the theft of 400,000 tonnes of Guardian artefacts from the Aegis megaship Alexandria. One of the Witch's operatives let slip that the reason for the theft was to lure Thargoids closer. Bringing these two facts together, it is possible that Azimuth has resumed Project Seraph, having lured in and captured more Thargoid ships. If the programme restarted six months ago, and if a substantial number of Thargoid scouts have been captured, and if the programme is able to build upon its partial successes in 3303, then there may be a research base somewhere that is swarming with Thargoid scouts operated by human pilots. Perhaps there are Thargoid interceptors in the Azimuth Biochemicals fleet too. 
Perhaps the 200-year-old organisation and its one-time competitor, Pharmasapien, have developed a fleet of attack ships that outwardly look like and behave just like Thargoids, but which are put into combat by human generals, and which, when deployed within a strategic plan, form an almost unstoppable force that could sweep across the bubble, trashing Federal, Imperial, Sirius and Alliance navies, and install the Witch as the supreme ruler of the galaxy. It sounds incredible, but it fits the facts as we currently know them. And there are even commanders who would jump at the chance to have their cranium prized open to allow themselves to be interfaced to the control surfaces of a basilisk, to be part of the Witcher's all-conquering battle fleet, to be the drones that sacrifice themselves for the victory, for the greater good. It didn't take long for the Riort Mining Coalition, with assistance from like-minded Alliance pilots and others, to comprehensively defeat the Sirius troops that had been assigned to protect the system from Thargoid attack. Many in the Alliance, and particularly in the Old Worlds, deeply distrust Prime Minister Mann's secret treaty with the Sirius Corporation that allows Sirius Navy free access to Alliance systems in exchange for protection from what's currently perceived to be a vanishingly small xeno-threat in these systems, nestled as they are, in the heart of the human-occupied bubble. The Alliance has, of course, many systems in the Witchhead and Colsac nebulas that are still fighting off the tale of the Thargoid invasions from the end of last year, and that have stations appealing for repair assistance. But those systems are far from the comfortable systems in the bubble that deem Syria's navy an unwarranted imposition. And those outlying systems are, after all, a consequence of the Prime Minister's expansionist policies, policies that Councillor Kane opposes. It's not clear at this early stage what the implication will be for the rest of the Sirius deployment in Alliance space. Riort was seen as something of a test case for whether the Old Worlds would accept a foreign naval presence in their systems. These systems in particular espouse the old formula that the Alliance is a loose banding together of independent systems that each have their own governments and their own way of doing things, and that the Alliance Assembly on Alioth exists primarily to present a united front on trade and foreign policy. The Council of Admirals similarly provides a united alliance front on defence, but it does not control the individual navies of each independent system within the alliance. Prime Minister Mann may be well advised to pay heed to the rapid defeat of the Chariot of Rhea in Riort, and to ask Li Yong-ri to remove the Sirius Navy presence from the other Old World systems before the citizens of those systems also take matters into their own hands. The mystery of the missing Emperor continues. Last week's message, ostensibly from the Emperor, claiming that Arissa is alive and well, just not willing to show her face in public for fear of NMLA assassins, will not sit well with traditionalists. Is the Empire afraid of its enemies? Must the Emperor remain in hiding for a whole year? because of a bunch of fringe lunatics who believe they can bring about representative democracy by blowing up starports. It's not a good message to send to your citizens. But more than that, the message raises concerns about who the Emperor trusts. 
act has come close to openly accusing members of the Imperial Intelligence of direct collusion with the NMLA terrorists. And yet, the Emperor says she is taking her security advice from Imperial Intelligence and that she remains in hiding on their advice because of what the message describes as a legitimate assassination attempt. Can she really trust Imperial Intelligence? And what if she's being looked after by members of the agency that are loyal not to her, but to the NMLA? In any case, a note signed using Omega Grid technology cannot be trusted. The NMLA is known to have access to the encryption technology that underlies the Empire's secure messaging network, and the message could easily have been tampered with, or faked entirely. We do not know that the Emperor is safe. We do not know the Empire is safe. The Emperor could easily be in the hands of the NMLA, and no one would know. Without reliable information, the Empire is powerless. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.